Today, I speak to Chris Powden from the Royal Society for the Protection of Birds. We talk about the vulture crisis of the 1990s, which struck South Asia, and the devastating ecological impact it has had across India and the rest of South Asia. We also talk about various conservation efforts which have taken place to bring back vultures across this region. So welcome, Chris. It's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Good. No, it's very nice to speak to you and um, talk about these really important birds, which are these vultures, which are in big trouble worldwide and especially here in Asia. What caused the vulture crisis of the 1990s? So it was a mystery what was happening. Vultures absolutely uh, drastically declined during the 1990s across South Asia in particular. And the main cause uh, in 2003 was unraveled to being uh, the veterinary use of a, of a drug called diclofenac, which is used as a painkiller and anti-inflammatory in cattle as well as humans, but it was its use in cattle. And the treated uh, animals, if they were uh, died soon after treatment, were highly toxic to the vultures and killed millions of vultures in a very short time. So specifically, which vulture species were most affected? So the species most affected across Asia are the resident gyps vultures, the griffin vultures, which is the white-rumped vulture, the long-billed vulture, the slender-billed vulture, um, but also red-headed vulture has also been affected. So those four species are all critically endangered and directly because of the veterinary use of diclofenac. Measures have been taken to minimize the impact of diclofenac on Asia's vultures. So the, the main, there were two main actions identified back in 2004 once we knew that diclofenac was the main problem. The first uh, and priority action was to remove diclofenac from veterinary use by whatever means through drug bans and other measures. Um, but in par parallel with that, it was clear that we the populations were declining so fast that uh, by up to 50% per year for very long-lived birds, really drastic declines. And the um, so the, uh, a breeding, captive breeding program was, was required to um, secure those species in case they disappeared absolutely altogether. How effective has the diclofenic ban been and what have been some good alternatives for this thankfully we uh, it, let me start again thankfully an alternative safe drug was identified back in 2005 which has very similar properties to diclofenac and that's called meloxicam and it's made by um, lots of different companies so it wasn't just one brand and that's been a safe alternative for the veterinarians. But a, a further safe alternative was identified just um, quite recently, 
and that's called tolfenamic acid. So now there are two of these similar drugs, which we know are safe for vultures and safe for the cattle and can be used. But unfortunately, there are quite a number of other drugs which are also toxic, like diclofenac, and in particular, acyclofenac, nimesulide, and ketoprofen are known to be um, highly toxic to vultures in the same way as diclofenac. And up to now, those have not been banned um, in the same way as happened for or diclofenac back in 2006. In 2003, the SAFE consortium was launched. What was the idea behind this and what is the long-term vision for it? So that there have been several partners had been working both NGOs and together with government. And here in India, the Bombay Natural History Society and others and um, my own organisation, the Royal Society for Protection of Birds, have been working together and with the Indian Veterinary Research Institute and others. But we realised that there was a need for a stronger consortium of partners who are doing priority work for the vultures. And in 2011, the creation of SAVE, that Saving Asia's Vultures from Extinction Consortium, and now there are actually 33 different save partners working not only in India, but also in neighboring countries in uh, Pakistan, Nepal, Bangladesh, Myanmar, and Cambodia. And um, these organizations work together on uh, and agree what the priorities are, scientifically based priorities, and update uh, a, re a recovery plan every year and report back on that and compare notes. So SAVE is a, a very nicely functioning um, combined effort, uh, which which pulls all those strands together and, and seems to be um, quite, quite effectively doing that. Earlier, you spoke about the uh, Vulture Conservation Breeding Programme. Could you talk about how successful this project has been and what have been some challenges? Yes. So Back in 2004, once we knew that diclofenac was the main problem, a breeding program, establishing a breeding program was also a priority. And at that time, there were almost no, none of these vultures um, that were declined so much were in captivity. So getting viable numbers of founder population into captivity was, was a priority. And uh, then we needed to learn how to breed them. And we brought in expertise from all over the world to advise on that. And we had uh, Jemima Parry-Jones from, from the UK, um, but others and drawing on the Condor program in US and, and other expertise to learn how to, to breed them. And the BNHS um, led the way in terms of managing those breeding centres together with the state governments, particularly in Haryana, West Bengal, Assam and Madhya Pradesh, to, uh, to get, get the birds um, in, in specially designed aviaries. These are not zoos, they are um, facilities which are not open to the public. They are absolutely prioritising 
uh, conservation breeding, uh, but with the aim of releasing them back to the wild once the environment was was known to be safe. Now, um, you might ask, well, how are we doing? And, and we have now almost 800 birds of the of three of the, the critically endangered species are in those centers. So the breeding has been very successful, even though we didn't know or nobody had bred them before. But uh, once breeding got, got up and running, it's been very successful. And um, it's uh, definitely now at a stage where releases are on the cards. But the, before releasing, we need to be very sure that the environment has been cleared of these toxic non-steroidal anti-inflammatory. So one of the biggest challenges for releasing them is making sure that the environment is safe enough. And although we've got a parallel program going on in Nepal where um, diclofenac has been effectively removed and the small breeding program there has released all the vultures back to the wild, um, here in India, unfortunately, there are still worryingly high levels of even diclofenac, even though it's banned, but acyclofenac, nimesilide and, and ketoprofen in different parts of the country are still being used. So making sure that the environment is safe enough before going ahead and releasing any, particularly any large numbers of birds is, is, is quite um, a problem. Uh, and one, one way that we've um, developed um, or has been developed for checking the safety of the environment is by actually satellite tagging wild birds in the area to see how they're faring and, and if they die, what they die of. And if we can do enough of that, then we could be much more confident that we could release some of these precious captive birds back to the wild in, in bigger numbers. But up to now, well, we're, we're just reaching that stage now, but it's, uh, it's, you know, there's a lot of enthusiasm for releases, but um, we need to do this in a scientifically justified way and checking the safety of the environment. And unfortunately, we do really need more of these toxic drugs to be removed from the environment before we, we go ahead. So that, that's one of the issues that's, that's worrying us at the moment. So talking about having areas without these toxic substances, so you guys are also working to create vulture safe zones. How do you make a vulture safe zone and what is the concept behind it? Yes, the, the concept of developing a, a vulture safe zone is based on um, earlier work, also pioneered in Nepal, actually, where taking a 100 kilometer radius area so which doesn't sound so huge until you realize just what an enormous area that is that's actually over 300,000 square kilometers um and and in that area sensitizing all the veterinarians making sure that they're using 
safe drugs for the uh, which won't you know, on the cattle, which won't impact any vultures that eat the um, the carcasses of of those cattle, but also monitoring the vultures, monitoring the veterinary pharmacies, monitoring the um, yeah. The, the attitudes of people uh, and making sure that there's awareness not only for preventing these cattle painkillers from being used that are toxic, but also any other threats. There are other threats to vultures like um, uh, some of the electricity power infrastructure can also be a problem in, in some areas and, and indeed poison baits, people poisoning dogs or, or other carnivores and accidentally killing vultures that that feed on the um the poisoned carcass so all these threats need to be addressed in a vulture safe zone and then if the vultures in that area uh, can be proved to be really on a you know a positive population trend for um two or three years then we can declare that that's a truly vulture safe zone and indeed that uh, releases can go ahead in those areas from from the captive uh, breeding centers what other initiatives are being done to bring back the vultures of the indian subcontinent the the main initiatives for say conserving asia's vultures center around removing of these veterinary drugs. There are some um, awareness work which involves what we call vulture restaurants, feeding the, um, the vultures with, with carcasses. But, but that's more of an awareness raising um, tool than, than really a direct conservation tool. And um, a, a, a small amount of uh, retrofitting of electricity infrastructure ha has taken place um, because we are aware that the some pylon designs are more dangerous to the vultures than others. Badly placed uh, overhead cables can can be um, uh, a problem, but but the main emphasis for uh, Asian vulture conservation in the last 15-20 years has been addressing the veterinary drugs. That, that's the, the top priority. It has been around three decades since the vulture crisis occurred in the 1990s. So how are the vulture populations faring across the Indian subcontinent in 2023? So the populations of vultures in Nepal have been steadily increasing for oh, six or seven years now. And that's where diclofenac has been effectively removed. Across um, the rest of the subcontinent, there are no consistent trends of increase. And there are some areas where decreases are continuing. And, and in fact, the eBird monitoring data for, for vultures across the region is showing continuing ongoing declines ac across India specifically. And road transects that have been carried out by the BNHS um, since two, 
1992 and repeated at more or less four or five year intervals have shown that although the population has stabilized across India, um, there has been no actual recovery. So the, the situation is, is not um, really improved. And remember that white rumped vulture has already declined by no less than 99.9% in just a uh, 15, 20 year period up to, um, so we're down a tiny proportion of the former breeding densities and we'll probably never see those densities again, but, um, but, but some kind of population recovery is obviously the goal, but it looks like the total extinction may have been avoided, but we can't be complacent about that. So what has been the broader ecological and social impacts of the vulture crisis? Yes, so losing over 99% of, um, uh, of India's vultures has had a massive impact in terms of the we we know that each bird would would have consumed at least three kilograms of rotting meat per week, and if you simply re realize, I mean, the estimates of exactly how many birds there were um, in the nineteen nineties are not very precise, but it's in the region of forty million birds, and we're now down to. Um, just a few tens of thousands that are left, and that's for all the species combined. So when you realize just how much rotting meat is no longer consumed by vultures, some of that is consumed by feral dogs, and feral dog numbers have gone up. So, and feral dogs are the main vector of rabies, and there are 7,000 cases of rabies reported in India every year. So there's clearly a link with human health risks of rabies and not only rabies, there are other disease issues related to this and environmental pollution of all those carcasses that used to be consumed by vultures and no longer are. Having said that, cattle carcass disposal practices have had to change because of the lack of vultures and there are many places where uh, where cattle are incinerated and or buried instead of being left out in the open where where vultures would have consumed them. So uh, that that's you know major environmental impact, and there have been studies um, estimating forty billion dollar impact of losing the vultures. But it, it's very difficult to quantify, and probably that's an underestimate. But as well as the environmental and human health impacts, there's the cultural impact. And of course, there are communities who practice sky burial, both in the Himalaya and also the Parsi communities. And they have lost most of their vultures, so they're no longer able to practice those sky burials in in many of the um, um, of lowland India, and the Parsi communities have, have had to find other 
solutions for what to do with with their um their, their dead so um and, and on top of that of course there's the um the well-known uh hindu story of jatayu and the role played um in the uh, the hindu mythology so yeah lots of reasons culturally health-wise and in the environment why we're really missing those huge numbers of vultures that used to be here doing such a cle- good cleanup job at a global scale how are vultures doing in other parts of the world especially africa so vultures as a as a group there are 23 species worldwide of which nine are here in in India and South Asia. Um, But actually vultures as a group are really struggling worldwide. So in all the continents, um, they've been suffering. And actually I mentioned the poison bait threat and that, that threat of poison carcasses, which accidentally kill vultures, are, is is a big problem which has wiped out huge numbers of vultures in Africa and in Europe. Um, but also there are belief-based use so um, reasons why some people deliberately persecute vultures um, for um, yeah belief-based reasons that uh, for vulture parts. But that's thankfully not a major problem here in in South Asia. But so vultures as a group, and and I'm the co-chair of the IUCN Vulture Specialist Group, and that was formed in recognition of the fact that as a group, all of these vultures are facing uh, increasing threats worldwide. So my final question for the interview is that how can individuals contribute to vulture conservation? That's a great question. How can we all do something? Well, one thing that we can all do, and especially cattle owners, veterinarians, can make sure that they're using the drugs which are cattle, which are safe for vultures and, and not any of these toxic drugs or just talking, even if you're not a cattle owner or veterinarian yourself, talking to farmer, going in your local pharmacy and asking them whether they know about the threat posed by some of these painkiller drugs like diclofenac, nimesilide, acyclofenac, ketoprofen to vultures and see whether they're aware because even though the legislation is not yet in place to to ban all of these toxic drugs, uh, we need more awareness. But also do um, go out and look at vultures, um, record them on eBird, or um, uh, and uh, we we do need to know more about where the remaining vulture populations are and what the population trends are. Get involved in 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 uh, in that. You can, uh, uh, if if people want um, uh, updates on on vultures, uh, they can write to me and and I can mail them with with, with updates. But I I recognise that it is a challenge for people to get directly involved uh, sometimes. But 
Um, but there are things you can do and do talk to your local pharmacy and uh, veterinarians if you can. It is my main request to you. Thank you so much for your time. It was a pleasure talking to you about vultures and their conservation in the Indian subcontinent. Thanks very much.